Well, we'll turn again this morning to the book of Jude, the general epistle of Jude. We looked at it for a while last week, and we will just continue on and read the salutation uh, at the very beginning. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And we'll just stop there today. We made a start with this short epistle last week. We who are born again are chosen, dearly loved by our Heavenly Father, and set apart for the Father's, Father's use and kept by the Lord Jesus Christ and preserved by Him. And then Jude prays that we will be blessed by mercy peace and love being multiplied in us and to us. Our God is a God of multiplication. Way back in Genesis, when God created the heavens and the earth, in Genesis 1, verse 22 And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the fowl multiply in the earth. He had created, and he spoke to them and said, Multiply, and let the fowl of the air multiply. Chapter 1 again, Genesis and verse 28. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Adam and Eve were to multiply and replenish the earth. We have the same thought in Genesis 26 and verse 4. God speaking to Abraham. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven. And will give unto thy seed all these countries. And in thy seed 
shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Pointing to the coming of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, years later. And then in Acts 9, verse 31. There had been persecution and problems uh, in the area. Then it says, Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, and were edified, walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied the churches were multiplied how sad it is as we look around our world we see little signs of multiplication in our churches and even very little addition and in some ways this is the same situation Jude faced and caused him great concern the problems in the churches then we come to this verse 3 beloved when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation it was needful for me to write unto you And exhort that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Jude apparently had a desire to write about the common salvation. That salvation which we all enjoy. The salvation which was for the Jew and Gentile. It was common to for all and to all. And we all love to hear a speaker talk about this salvation. Have it explained and rolled out for us. Showing the joy and hope we have in God and in our Saviour Jesus Christ. How we have a comforter, a comforter in the Holy Spirit, who indwells all believers. How we may have peace with God in Christ, reminding us of the blessed hope of the coming of our Lord to the air at the rapture of the church. He has said, I will come again to receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And reminding us of the inheritance which we will share and which is reserved for us in heaven. To a a reservation with our name on it in heaven. Incorruptible, undefiled. And which will not fade away. But. But. 
His plans had to change. He was preparing to speak about the common salvation. But, and sadly, in life, there are many buts. Of course, there are some people who always see the problems in doing anything and voice their predictable buts. Remember years ago in the YMCA Youth Club, there was such a fellow and developed his well-deserved nickname, Butt Dawson. Say you're going to do something, he would have a butt. However, in Jude's case, it was different, as we shall see. Beloved, he said, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, but his whole concern, it would appear, was to write about the common salvation. The Holy Spirit, however, had, it would seem, a more urgent message. Sure, some of you have had such an experience. You decide on a topic on which to speak, and it all seems to fit into the circumstances which you see there at the time, and those with whom you are meeting would enjoy this message, but suddenly you are nudged by the Holy Spirit to think again. Did this happen to Jude? And then this short epistle with a very urgent message on a subject which to many may not have been very acceptable had to be given. Sometimes the message that a speaker has to bring is not always acceptable. But hopefully it is always acceptable to God. And the message will come with the assurance that it is in his will. May God help us to accept this message from this dear man, Jude, who had to change his mind and give us this epistle. As we said, I think, last week, if the message here given by Jude was so urgent in his day, how much more urgent it is as we look around the world today, we look around the state of churches today, we pray that we will take his message seriously. He says, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. He found it necessary to change his whole approach 
and change the subject to that of this little epistle. The Amplified Version of the Bible says, Behold, beloved, while I was making every effort to write you about our common salvation, I was compelled to write to you urgently, appealing that you fight strenuously for the defence of the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints, the faith, that is, the sum of Christian belief that was given verbally to believers. Hebrews chapter 1 and the first three verses of Hebrews are well known. I remember learning them once in Sunday school. But here again I want to read it from the Amplified Version. Hebrews 1, verses 1 to 3. God, having spoken to the fathers long ago, in the voices and writings of the prophets, in many separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of the truth. And in many ways, has in these last days spoken with finality to us in the person of one who is by his character and nature his son, namely Jesus whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things, through whom also he created the universe, that is, the universe as a space-time-matter continuum. The sun is the radiance and only expression of the glory of our awesome God, The light being, the brilliant light of the divine. And the exact representation and perfect imprint of his father's essence. And upholding and maintaining and propelling all things. The entire physical and spiritual universe by his powerful word carrying the universe along to its predetermined goal. When he himself, and no other, had by offering himself on the cross as a sacrifice for sin, accomplished purification from sins and established our freedom from guilt, he sat down, revealing his completed work at the right hand of the majesty on high, revealing his divine authority. When he had by himself purged our sins in his own body on the tree, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Now that is a, a praise of the truth and how we come to believe it and which is being rejected by many churches today.
the truths of God's word are taken as secondary. I wonder how we consider God's word today. Do we take it seriously? I was thinking about Moses when he was building the tabernacle. And we have it all in Exodus if you look it up sometime. But just as when Moses was building the tabernacle, to the plans given to him by God, none of his and none of any human ideas were permitted. And time and time again in scripture, and Moses did look upon all the work, and behold, they had done it all as the Lord had commanded. Even so had they done it, and Moses blessed them. At the end of the work he inspected it all, and it was all done as the Lord had commanded. None of man's ideas were ever included in the building of the tabernacle. And what happened when the work was finished? The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Why? Because it had been done as the Lord had commanded. We sometimes do things not just as the Lord commanded. And sometimes we think we'll get away with it as it is. He wants us to contend for the faith once delivered to us all. There's something I want to emphasize here. This message, this faith, was not made up by John and Jude and Peter and Paul. They didn't just meet one day and decide what it was going to be. But God delivered it to these apostles and others in the Old Testament. And they were given the words to speak and to record. They didn't just stumble across it. It was delivered to them by God. Are we lax in believing that the word of the Lord is the true word of God? God breathed, breathed by God. And then wonder why God is not working with us. People somehow today think that they don't have to believe all the Bible, all the Word of God, as being the Word of God. You come across strange people these days claiming to be Christians. We had a, a letter from a friend of ours and she included a photograph which had been given to her by some Christian friend. The comment on the photograph was, this just shows we're living in the end times. 
And it was a photograph of some snake in the middle of Honduras or somewhere. And it had seven heads, or they claimed it had seven heads. I had a feeling it was their tail end of the, the, the snake, but that's unimportant. But the, the comment was, this snake had seven heads, as we read in the Bible. This snake with seven heads. And that proves that we're living in the end times. Such a load of nonsense. But sadly, that's what we come up against when we're talking with people. They are not aware. I wrote back to the lady and said, you must make sure that when people hand you things and say things, say, let me have the chapter and verse in Scripture that refers to this thing. Don't just accept what people say. Let's have the context and the chapter and verse, please. Another one, recently, talking about infant baptism, had a story about a chap who had been baptised as an infant and the vicar, or whoever he was, put the sign of the cross on his head. And he claimed that by the cross having been put on his head, the sign of the cross, when he was baptised, it gave him some kind of power that those involved in the occult couldn't come against him. It was so amazing that I just couldn't take it in. But the woman contending that this was a wonderful thing and it showed the power of putting the sign of the cross on a baby's head. Jude, as he surveyed the work of God and the churches in his day, could see that there were those who despised the truth and so were undermining the truth and the foundations. And if the foundations of our faith in the truth of God's word comes about, the whole structure will collapse. And we can see that in churches today. Those who have strayed away from the truths of scripture. The whole edifice is slowly beginning to collapse. And so he says, I found it necessary. I was impelled, driven forward to press on constrained into action in a way that he was being pressurized into action. He wanted those around him to contend for the faith, contending to struggle in order to overcome this problem which he could see in the churches. 
want you to be pressurized into action. Oh, it's so easy just to sit back and not bother. And it's somebody else's problem that the Bible is not being read. The Bible is not being believed as God's holy word. He could see the seriousness of the whole situation and wanted everyone else to see. And that applies to you and to me. The word of God was given to the apostles in the early church and in Jude's day to deliver the word of God and commit it to writing. However, the responsibility of each of us, born again children of God, is to ensure that the Holy Word is maintained in all its God-given truth and pass it on to others. I remember an example I heard a while ago, a while ago uh, and it sort of put this kind of thing into everyday thought and thinking. And the analogy was a rugby match. And what he was saying is, could you imagine a rugby team playing? And the trainer was on the bench. But there was one member of the team, when he was throwing the ball, would run over to the trainer with the ball for him to do something with it. Stupid. Yes. However, in the church situation, we see so often that there is a similar situation. Christians are not being built up in the faith and being enabled to pass on the message of the cross to others. We need to build up our congregations, our friends, our neighbours, when they become Christians, that they are built up in the faith. This faith was delivered once for all. Once for all. It has not to be added to, and nothing has to be taken away from it. There's nothing of man's idea in it. As we said, as Moses was building the tabernacle. He couldn't say, well, I think we could do with a little bit of extra timber there, or that bit of timber's a bit too big. No, there was nothing of man's idea. And so often when we talk to people about the word of God, they come up with some man-made idea and we need to fight against this we need to contend for it day by day and so we will leave Jude for another week the situation in the churches is serious and he faces the problems and from what he will do we will learn something I hope as to how 
to contend for the faith once for all delivered to the saints. And so in closing, just a little chorus we used to sing in Sunday school. The word of God. I'm standing on the word of God. Tis the book our fathers fought for. Tis the book our fathers died for. The word of God. Though the foes of the Lord may scorn his word. I'm standing on the word of God. Amen.